and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Yellow. Yellow indeed. It's a color. <laughs> yes. On today's episode, we are going to be chatting about room treatment and what you should do and what you should do. No. Yeah, that was double. Whatever. You really should roll do with it. Your... Let me do it. Let me do one more. Go again, Matt. <clears throat> okay. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Howdy. On today's episode... Yes, howdy. On today's episode, we are going to chat about room treatment and what you should do and what you should not do and why you should not be buying, like going over to Sam's Club and buying <laughs> just a bunch of eggs Sam's for the Club. cartons and then taking a staple gun and stapling those to your wall. Why that's probably not the solution or the answer to all of life's problems. But first, <laughs> first. We, have some house, we have some housekeeping. Housekeeping! You want to tell the people at home about some housekeeping, Sam? Sure. People at home, people at the gym, people in your studio, people on the airplane, wherever you're listening to this beautiful podcast that Matt and I put on for free for you. Look at that. No cost. And it's a life-changing podcast. And for this limited time only, you mm. have the chance to leave a review for us so that we can continue to do this podcast. If you act in the next five wow. minutes, Matt and I will forever give you our eternal respect valued at $1,992. If and you a leave possible us, fist bump. And a fist bump. <laughs> if you leave us a review on Apple iTunes... If you subscribe to us, you'll get my dog's eternal respect. That's priceless. But wait, <laughs> if you do it within the next two minutes and 59 seconds, what will we also give him, Sam? I don't even know. Oh, come on. You were on a roll. <laughs> I know. My mind went blank. You got to do the, <sighs> the, the oven. The oven. Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue. And if you order now, you'll get the heat mittens for free. <laughs> Set it and forget it. So to wrap when, up uh, our housekeeping here. Yeah, I, my my grandpa, like we were going through, like it's kind of like bringing it down, I guess. <laughs> my grandfather passed away like back in September and we were going through his house. He totally had one, even oh, the mittens. I hope you got it. It looked great. It was in fantastic condition. No, I didn't get it. Where'd it go? I have no idea. Probably oh. like a dumpster. Well, that's sad. Anyway, Sorry, next Ron. time. Pull it aside for me. I know. My next grandparent. I'll hold it out. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It was in perfect condition, too. I don't know why I didn't keep it. I don't know, man. I should have sent like you a, a picture, at least. Yeah, you should at least let me call dibs or oh, something. Oh, Ron. Anyway. Okay. So, my friends, if you could leave us... <laughs> that was, us... like, the best, like, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. thing. It's you couldn't, strong. like, do anything... And you were just starving, and you're like in middle school, and you're just like, man, I can't go downstairs. My parents are gonna be pissed. Right. Rummaging through the fridge at two or three in the morning. I'll just sit here and watch Ron cook his chickens. Anyway, room <laughs> treatment. We're getting into it. Sam, what do you do when you approach <laughs> a room for the first time? And you and I, like, we have very different approaches to this. I'm sure we do. So you're going, like, you've, you've, kind of been through the onslaught in 2020 you moved homes 
did it. Right in the beginning. Yes, sir. I came, I think I visited y'all like a week or two after y'all moved into your current home. Yes. You went and you took your studio, you went to a commercial space. Yes. Built out a room. Yes. Decided that was not, uh, that. that's kind of not the, the course I want to take. I miss being at home. I miss Biggie. Yes. Miss the wife. Yes. So I'm going to go back home. Yes. And so you've kind of done uh, two room builds this year. I What's have. your approach when, what's your approach when you're kind of doing this whole thing? Well, I built, well, I built my room in the commercial studio and then I built the producer's room, which was basically another mixed master room in his room as well in that studio. Then I designed a live room. Then I ended up building, doing a build out in my new house and took that to the studs. And then I built a drum room for a buddy and then I built our other friend who we had on the podcast, James Rudder, his new room in South Carolina. All COVID friendly for those that are listening, masks were worn, distances were applied. <laughs> Everyone was healthy. So this year I've built you like had a dist- you had a stick. Yeah, I had a Get stick away. around me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you this year someone. I've built five different rooms and um, all of them were in different spaces. So when I first walk into a room, I mean, I'm always initially just listening to how the room sounds, which may sound a bit kind of woo-woo and mystic, but I feel like when you walk into a room, you can kind of feel how it feels and how it sounds. And depending on the dimensions of the room... You know, is it a square? Is it a cube? What's the ceiling high? Is it rectangular? You know, anytime I see a, a rectangular type of room, I'm already more excited because that's usually, in theory, <coughs> yields better potential. Uh, ceiling height, anything that isn't basically perfectly like eight foot uh, always excites me. So even if it's a lower ceiling height, as long as it's not like a, basically a square or a cube, uh, I get excited. So initially I walk in and I just start looking at things and I walk around the room and my wife can attest I do this wherever we go, which is I'm sure super annoying. But I'm always snapping, clapping. Do you clap? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clapping, snapping, whistling, and doing like basically vocal warm-ups of like boo kind of stuff. Feeling the spirit. Yeah. So I legitimately do that and walk around the room in the corners, in the middle, in the front, the back, the thirds, and I literally just listen and feel, let my body just kind of listen to where things feel really full and where things feel really awkward and thin, you know, and like phasey. And there's a bit of an ear training, but really this whole idea, honestly, of how you listen for things, I... Um, learn from the book, Mix With Your Mind, which is like a holy grail book that um, is my favorite book on audio and it's old. And it's like $340 on Amazon. <laughs> For some reason, there's just like not many copies of it. And um, he talks about basically like chasing the flame, chasing the fullness of sound when you're setting up monitors and rooms and recording things. So I started to listen for that of how things sound uh, full or thin or brighter or darker. And even in an empty room, as you walk around closer to corners and whatnot, the sonics change drastically. 
So my initial thing is just kind of listening to how does a room sound. And sometimes from there, you know, I will start to make a mental note of, oh, in the front third feels really nice. As I move to the back here by maybe like a back door and a window, it feels thinner or like reflective. And I just am kind of making like a mental mental list and then that will begin, you know, to me the the basis of where I start. And another thing I will do too, and then I'll hand it off to you, Matt, to talk. Um, and this is what he does in the book too, is like he will play music um, out of a small speaker or like a mono source basically and then walk around the room and see how it sounds um, say you put it in the front third of the room walk around the room and see what the music sounds like in an untreated room and you'll experience the same thing where you'll feel it change from thin to bright to muddy to cloudy to bright to bass heavy and you can start to make mental notes of what the room is doing and how it's reacting. And that then for me, you know, I you can use an iPhone. I know it doesn't put out a ton of bass, but you can definitely sonically kind of be like, oh, I hear it better here as opposed to here. And for me, then I start to make mental notes of this room feels really bassy or this fe- room feels really thin or this room feels really muddy up front and bright out back. Or I start to just kind of make a mental checklist before I even think about, you know, how much mass do I need in here? Do I need a cloud or do we need rugs or curtains or anything like that? I just listen. And that's, I think, probably the most important thing in all of audio, no matter what area you're in, is like you have to become an expert at listening and then knowing what you're actually hearing and observing it and taking a mental note of it. And so that is like the first thing I do when I go into rooms when people ask me for help or if I'm designing my room is I I literally kind of get to know the room <laughs> on a very like intimate level and then I kind of put it through its paces like that and and just listen to it so that's how I start and I'm sure Matt you do a totally different thing so what say you so the way that I start <laughs> yeah is also a little bit intimate. Ooh, you smoke a cigar. In my <laughs> maybe after <laughs> my first note says, "Listen to your room naked." Mm. Not without, not like without clothes. <laughs> well, we know you, you do that too, you weirdo. <laughs> but so the I'll kind of come back to that. So. <clears throat> I just I just wanted to say that kind of like <laughs> spool off the energy. So when I first got this room, um, well, this is a set, my my room is an office within like a larger suite of offices that my other company um, rents. So it's nice; it's rent free for me. Um, so that's a plus, and what definitely made me say, yeah, I want to. Like do this here definitely was a definitely was a big factor in me doing this. Um, also, know that like not all rooms are perfect. My room is incredibly narrow. About it's like seven feet ten inches wide, and it's sixteen. No, 
Yeah, seven feet, ten inches wide. It's sixteen feet long, which is kind of crazy. And to the drop ceiling is about ten feet, and then to the which drop ceilings don't always acoustically matter. And I'm pretty sure they just don't acoustically matter. Unless, like, you can, I believe, make them acoustically matter. Yeah, you um, can put in those but panels. Not to, but, like, you're not really going to, like, make everything about it. Like, like you're not going to really trap sub-frequencies in a drop ceiling unless you're just piling just tons of material up there. So, to from the floor, uh, which is concrete to the metal roof above me, which is slanted, it's uh, it's right over 14 feet. So it's a very bizarre room dimension. When I first got here and saw the room that would most likely be my office, um, I did what most people would do, and I bitched. <laughs> <laughs> I bitched because I didn't have a studio space, and... Um, not like, like piss moaning and groaning. I was just like, man, I'm not gonna be able to do this. And um, so I was like, you know what? After a few weeks of like setting up in here and whatnot, and um, I said, you know what? Let's at least uh, let's at least give this thing a shot. So one morning I came in early, and <clears throat> uh, I just set everything up, and I just I just listened to things. And it's pretty much like what, what what Sam was saying that like that that guy would just kind of walk around with the speaker. Well, it's like I actually set up my rig that I have to this day. I think I just have like a different amp, and like my desk was was definitely different. <clears throat> it was like a flat desk, and then I cut a hole. If you look, go back to my old Instagram, I cut like a seven U hole in that desk, and I put like my first pieces of gear in there. That was kind of a funny start, <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah, I just spent just forever just listening to... I didn't have a lot of clients at this time. <clears throat> I had a few, and I could do some records in an untreated room, and it's like, I know, Sam, you've done that as well, just like yeah. as you're moving, and it's not easy, but it's like I knew these speakers from two previous studios, so it's like I knew what I was working with, and I could work with them. <clears throat> so I got I to gotta keep drinking water one second. So, <clears throat> yeah, just for months, I think I just kind of listened to what was going on and I just kind of planned. I didn't have a lot of money either. Um, so I just kind of like planned my next steps, which I knew would be treatment. And if you, and I would just like move stuff around and I'd hang panels and whatnot. It's like, okay, we're in a small room. We're not going to do a lot with it. It's a metal frame building. What can I do? <laughs> um so uh, I'm like a very like mechanically minded person. So like I can see something, I can generally tell you, oh, this is how this works or this is how you could probably take this apart through this way. And I normally can just do that through looking at something. Um, so some things more than others. And so it's just kind of how my mind works. So I kind of just looked at the room and just kind of like pieced things together and... At first, and I was just like, you know what? I like I know from previous studios, four-inch panels are just going to deaden the hell out of this space. So I was like, okay, we're going to do two, and we're going to use, 
We're going to use rock wool in the corners, and we're not going to... Like, this room is so, let's call it loose with base that I don't even, I don't even close the door and I master. I just let it go out the door because there's no sense in trying to trap it in here. It's like mm-hmm. um, with like the back wall and everything. And it's like, there, there's absolutely no sense. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to put two inch rock wall panels in the corners, in the front corners. Um, and then we'll kind of like, we're just going to worry about the front third of the room, kind of like what you were talking about. And it's like, I know I need to do something um, about my first reflections. And then I have like right where my ears are, which are probably like 24 inches past my the middle of my first reflection points. And anything that's on sidewalls is, for me, it's 703. And then, um, yeah. So I, I just kind of started there and I just started listening and I'd start moving stuff around. And then a lot of people know I have like this big old diffuser on the front wall. Well, that used to be two uh, 703 panels. And it was kind of weird because it was my first experience of like hearing reverb tales not exist anymore. <laughs> and so, and that's what happens when you really kind of mess with like room decay. So like things just are not playing back like how they're intended to. So... It's like, okay, I know these panels can't be here and this can't be like a fully treated thing. And you can probably go back once again on my Instagram and and see a lot of that in the in the let's call it the early days. And um I was like, okay, I need to I I need to build a diffuser. It was one of the first times I ever really played with diffusion. And I liked it a lot. It brought the it brought the front of the room alive, but not in an unnatural way. All while I'm doing this, I'm also measuring the room. Mm-hmm. Like I got an RTA mic and like I've had one since I was running front of house and <clears throat> um, constantly measuring the room and what it's doing and like focusing on like like punching in my room dimensions into room mode calculators and finding where like the little modes are and then going and like trying to trigger those modes, which some calculators will have like a keyboard that you can highlight over certain notes and you can essentially get the mode to be the craziest. And it's like you do little mechanical things like that and you can learn your room and you can learn like what really sucks about your room. And I like, I should probably start all of this conversation by saying don't do what I do (laughs) because I don't endorse what I'm doing. And the, the whole point of me in this whole process is I don't care if my room looks like bougie or cool like anyone else's room. I'm not putting fluorescent lights everywhere. Not fluorescent lights. <laughs> I'm not putting fluorescent <laughs> lights everywhere. I'm not putting like LED strips everywhere. And it's like, I really don't give a shit if like SoundCloud rappers like my room and how it looks. It's like, that's not the point of this room. This room is a turnout, like, as the mug says, fucking bangers. <laughs> this room is not made to be pretty. So... Um, the only point of a room, as far as mastering is concerned, as far as any room really should be concerned, is how your music that sounds in that room translates out of that room. Mm -hmm. So if you have to keep going to your car, that means that your room does not translate, like what you hear in your room does not translate well out of your room. Yeah. And right now, I don't run to my car. I haven't run to my car probably in five or six years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. It's been it's been pretty nice. So no, it's uh it's all it's six years in May. So <clears throat> I, I I don't I don't do that. So 
Um, it's like also, it's like, I don't know, like, I don't know if any of y'all like physics, but it was like one of my favorite like courses in college. Like I actually went into college as a physics major, then was like, this was a mistake. And then I stopped doing that and I switched. But um, in physics, you look at, like, when, like whenever you're approaching a problem, you look at like, okay, this is my problem. The first thing you ask yourself is, at least the first thing I ask myself is, what are my givens? And any thing in life, like any crazy situation in life where there's something really nutso going on, I say, okay, let's take a step back from this situation and let's analyze like what are the givens of this situation and then where do we want to go and then we should have a relatively clear path or at least like a few options on how we get from A to B. And so um, I know that my room sounded really tight and not in a good way, and I had already deadened it once. I feel like a lot of people will put down like four-inch rock wall everywhere mm -hmm. and not rock wall. <laughs> That'd be kind of <laughs> cool. Four-inch rock wall everywhere, and they'll be like, yeah, my room's like, like, it sounds like a studio. It's like, well, no, it sounds dead, and you can't hear right. anything, and it's like super confusing, and it's like you get much beyond like the quote-unquote sweet spot, and it's like there's like nothing that's going on. You're just kind of getting sucked into a vacuum. It's like a vocal booth, Yeah. which there was one time I just like slept in a vocal booth. I was helping someone move their studio, and it was so quiet that I was woken up by my heartbeat. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Probably not a so, great vocal booth, honestly, <laughs> in my opinion. Like I, I don't know. Vocals don't it sound was, natural like that. It was pretty damn dead. So I can tell you where it was later, but it was, uh, and so like that's kind of how I got into the whole diffusion thing is like stuff just sounded too tight. Right. And I just need to open this room up. Um, so diffusion's just fun and you add a, like little spurts of chaos in there. But if you do it too close to your ears, then you're going to have like, if you put like a really deep weld, like W E L L. ED? I don't know, like like the wells in a uh, in a QRD diffuser. Mm -hmm. If you put like if you have very deep wells, um, six inches or greater, and you are in and that QRD is within six, I believe it's like six feet of your head. You are going to be getting sonic information that's being diffused out of that thing, mm -hmm. and it's going to be talking to you. And you don't want that. You want sound to go in there and kind of break up. And uh, shoot out, but in like a way that like takes care of the problem. It doesn't really add to the problem. So um, that's kind of how I approach a room. And I know I went on like a bit of a it's called a tirade, but about my <laughs> naked approach. But it's like I I literally listened to this room for like a month or two without any treatment, and then I would yeah. put panels in. And I'd have friends hold it up and I would like measure where the first reflection point is. And it's like the biggest thing is like setting up the room and then taking the time to like, you know, the speakers. So it's like you're going to know one generally first. You're going to know the room. You're going to know the speakers. Yeah. And so it's like if you know the speakers before the room, listen to the speakers in the room and then you can hear what the room is talking to you about. But if you know the room before the speakers, then you kind of can like kind of... I don't know, you can kind of like marry into the speakers a little bit and it's like, don't move a thing <laughs> for a while. 
all while you're doing this, measure what's going on. And so you can kind of focus on what's going on. And um, also, it's like most people who are going to be doing this, it's like your room's not going to be perfect. So like if you have something like a crazy thing you can't get rid of, like a dip or a spike, uh, I mean, you might just have to learn it, which is kind of like hard news to, to hear. It's like you might have to just learn it and then like learn how to unlearn it. And some sometimes some like you you can you can do some things to kind of suss it out, but I'll let you talk a little bit, Sam. I I just see like a big brick of me talking. <laughs> it's all good. Remember that whole thing about twenty twenty one being dialogue? Yeah, I mean that was your idea. Yeah, I shot that right in the face. Yeah. We were monologue so. people. <laughs> no, Mono- we just need to shake it monologue. off. I like monologues. I think our audience does too. I don't know. Um yeah, I mean I I agree with what you're saying overall. I think, you know, thinking about a room and I feel like this is what I learned from John Brandt, who we interviewed, and I really enjoy his approach to things. And if you're listening, go find John Brandt on his website, and he has probably the most um, DIY resources. And when I say DIY, it's not like hodgepodge. (laughs) It's like yeah. legit DIY, how to professional. build professional traps and treatments. And you can hire him to just design your room. You can hire him to design and build. Um, but he's one of the people I respect the most in audio acoustics. And his approach uh, that really kind of shaped my my view years ago when I stumbled over him was uh, he believes like a room is a system, I think is what he says. And that encompasses that in order to have a good room, you have to think about the room itself, the speakers and every everything and person that's in it. And you can't really dial in a room until you have an awareness of what that sounds like first. And so I think like with you, Matt, saying like set things up and don't change anything, that's kind of what I agree with too is like you set things up, you listen and you understand now that you've got a thousand variables going on (laughs) and that if you move your chair or your desk or your speakers closer, wider, forward, back, put this panel here, that you've now impacted the system essentially. And for me, I think when I'm, doing a room and I'm glad you said measuring because I also measure rooms like you can basically set up your room and just start measuring it and then you have to be willing to do probably what Matt's I feel like you're saying Matt and it's how I am like I'm not really concerned I'll measure the room to see like what the curve looks like and when we say curve like the EQ curve and what the decay time is too because decay time is basically really equally as important as the curve. And a couple things like about curves is like you can have a curve that's basically lying to you if you have a really a buildup somewhere. So like your low end may look really full, but it could just be resonance of low end within decay. So looking at a, you know, people often chase flat and there's different um, softwares like Sonarworks, the Trinov or something like that, which Trinov's a bit more advanced probably a bit more accurate in the way it calculates room uh, manipulation, basically. But those general approaches are all about 
getting the curve and phase aligned, which is great, but you can have <clears throat> a crummy room that then gets an EQ curve applied to it. And it's still like, it can be very bad, even though it's showing it's flat because it could have been, it could have, and most likely in my experience, it's manipulated the curve, but you still have buildups and whatnot. And so its initial reading of your room isn't even accurate because it's reading off different buildups and peaks and resonances. And that, um, in my opinion and experience, is like curve is is nice to know about, but it's not the end-all be-all. And it gets into the whole discussion of flat and what is flat. And I think I agree with you, Matt, is like translation's what matters. And for me, like it's about translation and it's about working um, in a room you actually enjoy as well. And I think that's where... When I talk to people about, <clears throat> excuse me, building rooms, it's um, it's kind of a conversation of, do you like the sound you're creating? Yes or no, and if that's a yes, and then does the client like what you're giving them? Yes, then we don't really have much to talk about. If it's do you like the way your stuff sounds coming out of your room? No. Does your client like it? Yes. Then we might have a small discussion. But if it's a, I don't like the way my stuff sounds and my clients don't like it either, then we need to have a full-blown conversation of what's going on in the room and why that's happening. And it could be a number of things too. And a lot of people, when we talk about rooms, um, forget that often there's, there's a skill and an ear training required in general, to make good records. So you have like kind of two things going on. Even if you get stuck, or, or I mean not stuck, if you have the blessing of being in a great room to begin with, but you've never engineered or mixed or mastered records, you still might not have things that translate. So that's, I think, often a discussion that doesn't get brought up when we talk about rooms or treatment or whatever is you can be placed in like an Indy 500 car, but that doesn't mean you're good at driving it. <laughs> Just like you can be placed in a really great room that's been set up well, but you can still make really crappy records that don't translate. So there's, mm-hmm. it's a twofold thing for me when I talk to people about it. And often people swing so hard to the like, oh my gosh, I've got an 8 dB boost at 100 hertz. And it's like, well, because you're in like a small room in a bedroom, which is very typical. And they focus so much on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Need to take a drink of water too. Dry in the winter. <laughs> and um, drying out. Drying out in the winter. Um, but in reality, like even if you put them in a flat room, they're still not making great records yet. And that's not a to say someone is bad at something. My big view now of being in the industry for a while and and being slightly older at 32 now is people aren't usually bad at things, they're just inexperienced. And often we think people suck, but they don't suck. They just haven't done it enough or they haven't been educated well enough. And I think if you equip people, which is to me why I do this podcast on some level is I want to help people be educated and help them have experience or or learn how to apply the education to their experience, then most people get really great at what they're doing. Um, 
But within rooms, it's it's really important to be willing to do whatever you need to do within your system uh, to make your room feel comfortable for you to work in, but also translate. And that's where, like, for me, I'll have a lot of conversations where people will say, like, oh, I need to do the golden ratio and blah, blah. And I've got the golden ratio set up, and then I put a cloud, and I put four-inch panels here, here, and here, and the room still sucks. And I'm like, well, then you, let's move some speakers around. And then they're like, but no, we can't. <laughs> like It's like a, we have to do it this way because I read that this is how you do it on gear sluts. And you have to be willing when you approach a room to do um, pretty much whatever you need to do. And sometimes that means you need lots of treatment. Sometimes it means you need not a lot of treatment. Sometimes it mm-hmm. means you need tons of mass. And, um, you know, I'm a big... Big uh, compo- or, uh, enthusiast about controlling low end, um, and that's my approach to rooms. Is um, quick, quick way I approach rooms when I actually build them is, I believe if we can control the low end, then the mids and tops usually take care of themselves, and that usually works for most people. And so I'm a big believer in having enough mass in a room and or gaps, uh, air gaps, because air is your best friend, just like Matt saying, opening the door to let the base run out. In theory, that's your best sort of thing to do. Um, it's well, just it's like, let it run out. Should, it's like probably like the worst thing I could do is just let the low end build up in here. Right, just exactly. Kinda, yeah, it's like there, there's no point in me doing that. So it's like, it, it, it sounds weird, yeah. but it's like I also know people who build rooms to purposely just let the low end out. Right. Because yep. it's like, if you can't control it, then just do the next best thing and just let it keep rolling on. Right, absolutely. So, but I mean, you're right. Yeah, so it's, for me, I you know, and a lot of people neglect the low end or they think, well, if I just put like a six-inch trap in the corners, then that'll control the low end. And usually what a lot of people don't understand is like there's some benefit between having with having some density, but really the magic in a trap is the airspace within the trap. It's not the actual, you know, mm. insulation or rock wool that's doing some some absorption, but that's not really absorbing the low end. It's kind of stripping the mid and top end, and that low end's running right through that six inches, and then it's getting trapped in the air, basically, of that space. And ideally, you know, the best the best trap is just open air, you know, because the the low end wave for those listening, sound waves have drastically different lengths. And that's where you get in trouble in smaller rooms, basically like any room under like 30 feet. So almost every room, your your 65 hertz and under is unable to complete a full cycle, basically. So it starts to build out or it goes through the wall and then dissipates. So... You have to really, in my opinion, control the low end. And I have a whole curtain system I've created that I've built now in five different rooms for people. And it translates so freaking well. And it's pretty easy. And if you're listening to this, I'm happy to give you the rough uh, outline of it for for absolutely free. Um, I don't think that. I will charge for it maybe probably ever because it's just a combination of 
things I've tried, but I want people to have great rooms, and this is a semi-affordable way to build a great-sounding room because within this low-end thing, I also am a huge believer in controlling the sound pressure of the front wall. And I believe that's really important because in most rooms, when I measure them, the front wall actually has the most sound energy buildup, and it's actually not the corners usually. It's it's right behind your speakers, right behind your TV monitor is where most of the energy gets built up, and that then shoots up to your ceiling, shoots everywhere, and that is actually, to me, I don't want to call the first reflection because that's probably improper, but it's the first thing I attack is the front wall. And I've found if I can control the front wall energy, and for those at home, if you have a big buildup of low end somewhere, um, go between your speakers right behind them and measure what's happening in that area. And I bet you it is identical almost to the issue you have from your listening spot. And when Mm -hmm. we control that area behind the speakers on the front wall, that area then where you listen usually gets taken care of. Now, for those listening who want to pick this part, that's fine. But this is just what I've observed happen over like five, six rooms building. And there's tons of goods, not good, but there's a few guys who are way smarter than me that 100% back up the front wall being the most energetic buildup area and it's not usually corners and it's not where everybody's obsessed with like traps, 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 traps. Like it's just measure the SPL of behind (coughs) your speakers and basically right where you listen, where the phantom image is. And that'll probably spit out the same mid low end issues that you have from your listening position and beyond. So that is a tip for people like control your front wall and you need lots of mass and stuff. And I have a system to do that. So just DM me or something if you want that. And um, that's kind of my whole, you know, my whole approach to room is if I can control 100 hertz and below, get it within 2 to 3 dB, you know, which maybe some people listening are like, oh my gosh, that's too much. That's pretty, pretty damn good. <laughs> like for 100 hertz and below. And the decay time is also nice and tight without feeling dead, then the mid and tops range to me, it literally just levels itself out <coughs> for the most part. So if we can control low end, you know, and for those at home, most of you probably work in a room where you're not even um, attacking 65 and below, especially if you're just like two inch, four inch, or you're not letting the, the low end, you know, get out of the room like Matt does. Um, a lot of your issues are probably there, and then that is extending to the mid and top issues. So those are some things to think about um, in how I approach a room, and it may help you. And also, if you like the way your room sounds and translates, forget everything do I just anything. said. Yeah, <laughs> scratch it. <laughs> Own your room, and who cares if someone comes in and goes, oh, your room sounds like too bright. If you like what you're doing and your client likes it, don't touch anything. Just enjoy it. But if you don't like it, then let's have a conversation about it and we can change it. So One I think of the guys who listens yeah. 
one of the guys who listens to this podcast. Um, he's in Portugal. He's really nice, and he sent me a he sent me a bottle of port last Christmas. It was super nice of him. Awesome. Um, I would try to pronounce your name on air, but I would just I I, I would just com- make a complete fool of myself. Um, but yeah, I think he has like GP mastering. I think that's how you can find him. But uh, him and I talk uh, quite a bit, and he said. Like, have you ever thought about like upgrading the stuff in your room? And it's like all of my stuff I just made myself, and I wasn't trying to be cheap. I just, I just knew what I wanted, and so, um, and and I said, in all honesty, it's like, it's the whole part. It's the whole thing of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. So that's uh, that's kind of the approach that I'm taking. Stuff out of here, it translates really well. Anytime I move something around, like really, like, and anytime I move something around, <clears throat> I'll always like I, I pulled, uh, like I had, I had to get new carpet in this, uh, in this whole suite back in September, and uh, so like everything had to get pulled out. It was all really annoying. It's like whenever you do that, just do yourself a favor and like reshoot everything. Just like, oh, sorry, I'm yawning. And I've been here since <laughs> pretty early. Um, oh, y'all are just so fascinating. <laughs> um, yeah, just make sure you're kind of getting back to like the the parameters that you had and everything. And um, as far as like sonar works and stuff, you can go check out. It was like one of the last. Was it last year's season finale? I don't know. It may have been. It was last like year. episodes fifteen or seventeen or something. I, I think it was no, it was episode early. 29. Oh. I, I know exactly <laughs> where it is. And you know why I know where it is. <clears throat> um, so it's episode 20. I'm, now I'm going back and checking. Episode 28. Okay, I was close. So um, stuff like that, in all honesty, I don't really recommend it. I don't really care for it. I think it actually creates more problems than it fixes. And I mean, people can argue that stuff till the cow comes home, but um, you can go listen to that episode and realize why why I think that way and Sam thinks that way as well. Um, Trinoff seems cool. I haven't done anything with it. Uh, I think it'd be kind of cool to to dabble a little bit, but haven't really done anything. Um, as far as like any other computer-based correction software, something that I do utilize is in my subwoofer, in, uh, it's a Velodyne DD10+. DD plus 10, DD 10 plus, I don't know. No, I think it's a 12. Yeah, I think it's a 12. Um, there's some built-in software that I had to buy, like some really crappy, like Leveno ThinkPad on eBay for like $68. And I just, I have all Macs and it only talks to PCs. And so I just, I hooked up a mic to it and it does like a few sweeps. It manages my crossover system with my Pro X. And, uh, I can actually dial out a lot of my low-end issues that this room has with the EQ curve that I can kind of cater uh, best to this room. So I'll do that like once every, call it like six months every year. I'm actually about to do it now. I'm about to pull a bunch of stuff out, redo a bunch of cabling and whatnot. And so it's like, hey, while we're out down here, let's go plug this. And we had to make like a cable with this like really tiny XLR to kind of make this whole thing work. So um, as far as that, I think that makes things sound better. Um, if you have the luxury of doing it, play with density, uh, room density. That's, uh, that's always fun. Um, in my other business, we had a lot of inventory and I said, let's stack it around my office. 
And I did that and it was so glorious. But then we uh, expanded to the point to where we needed another suite. So uh, all the inventory went there and I was like, oh man, now my walls are just all floppy sounding because it's just like drywall, metal frames, drywall for the other room. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, you can like literally feel like how flaccid the room sounded when, uh, yeah, all of that, all of the boxes and inventory and stuff like that went away. So um, my friend Angel Delgado and I, we like punched holes in between all the studs and we pumped uh, cellulose in there. And it's like, people will be like, oh, do you, cellulose doesn't do anything and whatnot. And it's like, I didn't do it for an acoustic reason. I did it so that the two walls would vibrate less. <laughs> and uh, because like you, you would get like this really weird resonance in between the walls. And so I literally just packed it in there just so they would move less. And, uh, and it's okay. It's almost to the point to where it was when I had like all the inventory around everything. But uh, any chance I get to stack some cool stuff on, on the outside of the room and operate on, on a thing of actual physical density... Um, I'll do that any day of the week. <clears throat> so, um, so for you people at home, um, like just like a few things that I don't know. Should I even go into like things I'd recommend to do like right off the bat, like a checklist? Yeah, like a one, two, three, and then we'll kind of wrap. Yes. So, <clears throat> one is, um, are you in the like? Is your whole monitoring setup in the long axis of the room? Um, I would highly recommend orienting things in the long axis of your room. If you're in a square, you have other battles to fight. Um, I've seen things where people take a square and they turn it into like a diamond. So like you're actually operating in one of the corners. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of take one of the things that would be a back wall and you kind of build out a little partition or something like that. So it's not like a... So, like, it's it's less square, even though it's a square room. I've seen people do that. Right. But number one, make sure you're operating in the long axis of the room. Number two, um, treat your first reflection points. Um, this is also after you've, like, let's call it your naked listen. Every t after you've done your <laughs> naked listen, this is the thing, that, like, you're, the steps that you're, you're taking. So, one, make sure you're mixing or mastering whatever you're doing in the long axis of the room. To make sure you're nabbing those first reflection points. So, um, easy way to do that is you can take a mirror or you can take an iPhone, whatever, and you're sitting in your mixing, mastering, whatever you're doing position, and you have a friend, a buddy, a neighbor, a complete stranger. Move the mirror along from the front corner. <clears throat> wow, what was that <laughs> eye voice doing? I'm drying up here. It's actually raining really hard here. It's. Uh, I'll be surprised if y'all can't hear it. Um, go from the front corner of the room uh, towards the back. And whenever you can see the tweeter of the far speaker, so like if you're on your right wall, you want to see the tweeter of your left speaker in that mirror, iPhone camera that's on, whatever you have. And that is your first reflection point. And so typically around that area, you are going to put some type of a treatment. And you can really... Um, you need to do your research and whatnot. I'm not going to tell you what to put there. For me, it was 703. Other people like rock wool. I don't recommend rock, rock, uh, that much rock wool. 
Um, I think it deadens things a little bit too much. But also, no, most speakers, because it's on a flat, planar, like planar, whatever, surface, it's uh, like... It's not just like stuff that's coming at you. It's literally a 180 degrees from that tweeter. It's putting out information. So it's like if you have a speaker that's angled, it's going to be, yes, shooting at that first reflection point, but also it's going to be shooting at a point on your front wall. Um, so I highly recommend uh, looking into some type of treatment for at least your front corners. Um, at least the first third of your room should be taken into consideration when you're doing all this stuff. Um, I know John Brandt was a is, a is a big fan of clouds and um, highly recommend looking into that. But this is all like, like for me, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to build it and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> I'm not going to keep it up there because it looks cool. It's like I'm going for a complete functionality and translatability. So I would say those are like, I'd also say, like, if you can somehow get your monitor not in front of you, or at least as low as you can, that would definitely help your case. Granted, I know that I don't have my stuff that way, but <clears throat> if you can get, like, any, like any time that, like, I'm adjusting my room, it's like, I'll take my monitor and I'll put it down for a little while, and it's like, I'll almost weep at how gorgeous like the image and everything sounds. And then I put my monitor back up. It's like, well, damn, this sucks. So, but it's a small room. And it's like, you know, you like you have to like learn to live within your limitations to a degree. Um, so, but anyway, yeah. Whenever you're getting into a room though, just kind of look at your givens. What can I fix? What can't I fix? What can I work around? What can't I work around? Do the Sam thing and do the little like, woo -loo 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 in the room <laughs> and like figure that out and, and uh, uh, do your little clapping exercises. I I do the exact same thing. Like I was with like uh, when my wife and I were looking for a house. I'd go around with the realtor, and I'd be like clapping in a room. And, he, and like my wife would be like, "God, why are you doing that right now?" And like the realtor's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, well, let me teach you a thing or two. So, and uh, it's like in all honesty, after you do this for a while, sometimes you just walk into a room that's like completely bare, but for some reason everything's right and everything's just like, whoa, this would make a great studio. And uh, you just know after a while, just like through ear training, there's a room in my in-law's house. It's like a room, it's weird. Like from their master, you can go through this closet and then you can go into this sitting room that's not part of the master, but it's but it also can be accessed from the hall. It's super weird. <laughs> but you walk in there and for some reason... The dimensions are perfect. Nothing's on the wall besides just like a bunch of pictures of like their kids. There's like a built-in shelf with like kind of books on it and not a lot of stuff. And there's, it's a carpeted room. And I just walk in there. It's like every time I walk in there, we're like, this would make a great studio. So sometimes you just know and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, uh, but yeah. So anyway, if you need, uh, if you need any like, help or recommendations or something like that, highly recommend first reaching out to John. Uh, he is a great resource, super friendly, lives in Indonesia. So uh, if he doesn't get back to you immediately, he's probably sleeping. And uh, yeah, next, it's like if you need anything, feel free to reach out to me and Sam. I highly do not recommend doing what I did um, because I know it won't work for everyone. But Sam, however, has a, has a great plan. He's given out for free, so you should try that as well. <laughs> so... 
anywho, that's kind of our little spat on uh, on room treatment and I guess our second episode on room acoustics and you can see how uneducated, at least I am on the whole subject. So, you know, actually what I recommend before I, before I wrap up, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a plug of a company that they are not sponsoring this. There's, you really need to make sure that your monitors are not on your desk. Mm-hmm. And like, this is like the last thought I have. Make sure they're not on your desk. Make sure they're like sitting on something uh, like like a padding or whatnot that's going to like take away. Uh, that's not going to transfer vibration. And get yourself some really good monitoring stands. So Sound Anchors makes incredibly mm-hmm. good stands. You can always find them for sale on Gear Sluts or Reverb or something, and they're really expensive. They're about a hundred pounds each, and uh, you can spike them into the ground. You can do whatever you want, and it's like my. Uh, speakers look like they're sitting just right on the plate, but they have these like little blue gel pads they give you, and they actually work really well for not transferring vibration. And <clears throat> I really like them a lot. So that should that that would also be a big help as far as like monitoring and room acoustics and stuff like that. Because if your speakers are sitting on your desk, well, you're turning your desk into like a faux speaker, mm-hmm. and one. And one woofer cone could be affecting the other woofer cone through like its own little tinglage. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I got to get rolling. So, <laughs> we're going to wrap up. So, anyway, bye. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, see ya. Uh, anywho, if you hear a sweet beat in the background, that was made by the lovely Sam Moses. If you would like some merch, yeah, I don't know what we'll have left by this time it's like I know we didn't we didn't really go into the holiday season with a lot left I had a lot of socks but besides that I didn't really have a lot of anything else um so sorry I just saw my wife text me it was kind of weird <laughs> uh yeah if you like the show go ahead give us some likes give us some stars give us some thumbs up and uh, more importantly share with a friend we'd greatly appreciate it so yeah, I think that's all that I have to say. You have anything else, Sam? No. I good. Cool. Cool. So, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're having, have a darn good one. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.